0: really hard to have confidence in God sometimes, whether it be because of the friends that we're hanging out with, past experiences that have led us to doubt Him, or simply put, you don't even know if He exists. Well, friend, I want you to know that you're not alone, and I myself have had times where I wasn't confident in God. So that's why I created the Confidence Workshop, where together we are gonna go to God's word and learn more about who he is and why we can be confident in him. I am so excited to invite you. You can sign up today, and the link is in my bio. We'll be right back. The cat sat on the What's up, what's up, incredible people? I am so happy to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. My name is Emma Mae McDaniel, and if you are tuning in via video, I'm so happy to officially reveal our final product of the podcast studio. This is so, so sweet to share with you. Guys, we are getting into the Word today, and we are talking about not only being a hearer of God's Word, but being a doer of God's Word and the importance of actually putting it to practice. So I am over the moon. Friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. So I want to start off in one of my favorite verses. I probably say that all the time, but I love 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, I want to read this to you guys. It's so good. So, Paul is writing a letter to Timothy. It's a second letter that we have in scripture to Timothy. And he says, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Then we get to verse three, and he says this. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is is to please the one who enlisted him. His aim is to please the Lord who enlisted him. And when I want to bring that up just to start off our time together because whenever I read those verses, it makes me think about the term, the military term, boots on the ground. And what does that mean? Boots on the ground means that as a soldier, I am physically present fighting in the war zone. I'm not on the sidelines watching the other troops in battle. I am physically, like literally got my boots on the ground and I am living to fight the enemy that's before me. But in a spiritual sense, I am living as an with an aim to please the one who enlisted me, the chief officer, Jesus Christ. I am a soldier who has been entrusted by God to steward this time here well. And when I think of boots on the ground, I think it's taking action. I'm, I'm not just hearing the commands of my officer I'm actually putting them to practice and that is the heart posture of today's episode that I not only want to hear what my chief officer has to say, but I want to believe that he has called me. I want to believe that he is Lord, he is in charge, he is in control, and I want to walk in obedience out of love for him and reverence to him with my boots on the ground action Physically having my feet on the war zone fighting. It's so beautiful. And so with that in mind, I have some passages that I want to share with you that really come to my mind whenever I think about not only hearing the word of God, which is so important. And I pray that that's something that this episode encourages you in. That you know every time you hop onto the Have You Heard podcast, you know you're going to be encouraged in the word of God but I also pray that it doesn't end there. I pray that when you hear the word of God, you're then compelled to go live it out, to think on it, to apply it to your life, because it's a two-step process, being a hearer and a doer. So I wonder, the first passage that I want to read, it's just three verses, a really cool one that I feel like would be super tangible to memorize. But in Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27, Jesus is talking. And this is actually a part of his Sermon on the Mount. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine. So there we get the hear. I'm listening to them. But then he doesn't end there. He says, whoever hears these words of mine and does them. There's an application here. That person who hears my word and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. But then he also continues to say, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. So what is Jesus implying here before we continue? He's implying that I can hear the word of God. I can, I can listen to it. I, I may even could memorize his word. I may could be in his word every day and I'm checking off the box that, yep, okay, I read my verse today. But if that's the extent that it has in my life, if it goes no step further, this is what Jesus says. Everyone who hears these words of mine but doesn't do them doesn't hide them in their heart and put feet to them, actually live them out, like put their boots on the ground physically. He says that that person is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Another passage is in James. It's actually in James chapter one and chapter two. So the first part is James chapter one verse, starting in verse 22, where James says, and also, I could spend so much time talking about the book of James. I love the book of James. And just a side note, I actually did a James workshop, like just walk through verse by verse the book of James um, at the Elo Sister app, which is now free for any of you lovely sisters who want to go and join a godly community, be encouraged in the, in the Lord and be encouraged with just sisters around you in Christ. Um, and you can tune into that James workshop. But starting in verse 22, James, who's writing to believers that are scattered abroad, he says, don't just, he says, but don't just listen to God's word. Again, we're seeing the theme that I can hear God's word. I can check off the box. I may even could have it memorized and know the right answer to give in church. He says, but it doesn't end there. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says to experience a transformed life from the inside out. I not only hear God's word, but I have faith in his word. And I put his word to practice. It begins to overflow and impact every aspect of my life. My life begins to reflect his word because in my life, I begin to live out his word. You must do what it says, he says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself. So you see the word like plain as day, but then you walk away and you forget what you looked like. You forget what you read. It doesn't change your life at all because there's no application. There's no faith put to practice. You forget what you looked like, but he says, If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Isn't that so good? Being a hearer and being a doer. And then, if you keep going in James chapter 2, he continues to talk to the believers and he says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? So, he's about to go into another topic, but it kind of feeds into what we're about to talk about. He's talking about how. If I claim to have faith in Christ, then it's going to it must show up in how I treat people, and I'm not going to show favoritism to people. So that's a specific topic, but it's a specific topic under the umbrella of what we're discussing today. That if I claim to have faith in Christ, and I claim to believe what his word says, and I'm hearing what his word says, but I don't do it, I don't live it out, it doesn't have a direct impact in my life, then there's a disconnect there. And so he he says in verse 14 of chapter 2, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So it's like, yeah, I read my verse of the day, checked off the box, or yeah, I... I know this chapter. Or yeah, I made sure to show up at church on Sunday, but then there's no application. It's not changing me from the inside out. I'm not meditating on it. I love Psalm 1, which says, Blessed is the one who meditates on God's word day and night, for they will be like a tree. And this talks about the blessing that comes from actually. Sitting in the Word of God and letting it take root, letting it dwell among you richly, letting it be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, letting it bring light to your eyes, letting and experiencing it be the sweetness to your soul that is sweeter than honey from a honeycomb, letting it bring wisdom to your simplicity. There is such power in the living, active, breathing, inspired, authoritative Word of God, but we will miss out on it if we don't actually submit to it, if we don't actually get our boots on the ground and live out what it is we are hearing from it. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network and is sponsored in part by... to tell you about this awesome paid sponsorship that I'm getting to do with Faithful Counseling. Speaking from experience, I truly believe that counseling is a means by which we can learn to live out the freedom that we already have through Christ. It's a safe place to process. It's a safe place to call out the lies that we've been believing and replace them with the truth of God's word. Friend, you were not made to go about life alone. Faithful Counseling is a worldwide online available counseling service that is convenient, and accessible via instant messaging, phone calls, or even video chat. Through Faithful Counseling, you can meet with professional licensed counselors who have over 3,000 hours of practice in their respective state. Using the link provided below, you can get 10% off your first month of counseling. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash MMA slash. You were made to walk in freedom. You were not designed to operate out of a place of shame. And there are people willing and able to walk alongside you and help you experience this reality for yourself. Have you ever left a church service or a women's ministry event and you were just overwhelmed with excitement and you were hyped up for God, only for a few days later that excitement to slowly go away? In Ignited and the Ignited workbook, Johnny Nicole Parsons both empathizes with and empowers readers to keep their passion for God, even after the emotional high is gone. Johnny will equip you to keep your fire for God alive despite your feelings of fear and anxiety, remove the distractions that keep you from living out God's purpose for you, and find practical ways to live out your faith no matter your circumstances or how you may be feeling. God wants to awaken a deep longing for him within your heart and soul in your everyday moments. You were never meant for lukewarm faith. It's time to start living a passionate life for Jesus that you were made for. Move from lukewarm to on fire for the Lord and get your copy of Ignited and the Ignited workbook today and start living your purpose and developing a deeper relationship with God. Ignite is perfect for college and career aged women, women's ministry studies, and honestly, anyone who needs a fresh perspective on their walk with God. To learn more, you can visit johnnynicole.com and it's available now wherever books are sold. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now, some may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. I will show you that I know the Word of God by living out the Word of God. You say that you have faith, for you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the demons believe this and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? We see in Matthew 4 where Jesus is in conversation with Satan as Satan is tempting him in the wilderness. And Satan, he tries to tempt Jesus with the word of God. Satan knew God's word too. He knows God's word too. But he doesn't submit to it and live it out. He's saying even the demons believe that Jesus is the Lord and they tremble at it. But like... They don't. They don't live as though that's true. <laughs> they don't submit to him as lord. They don't like they don't worship him. There's such a beautiful connection between what I claim to believe with my lips and what my life looks like day to day lived out. Verse 21, don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions work together. His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened that just as the scriptures say, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. And... I want to take a pause here, though, before we continue, because I feel like sometimes that passage can bring some confusion. It's like, okay, Emma, I hear you that claiming that I have faith in Christ, but not living. like, it's not obvious that I'm a Christian based on the life that I'm living. I see how there's a disconnect there. Or, yeah, I see how there's a problem with me just seeing scripture as something to check off that I read in a day. And it's not actually getting in me. It's not actually leading the way that I live my life. It's not actually being applied in how I'm going about my day-to-day. But I thought that, like, what is what is he meaning by we're shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Like, am I saved by my works? What is that all about? And I want to bring clarity to this because we interpret scripture with scripture. Scripture never contradicts itself. And so I want to, just for a brief moment, go to Ephesians 2 with you. Because in Ephesians 2, 8-10, through 10, Paul says, it is, by gr- it is by grace through faith that you have been saved. And this is a gift of God. It is not of your own works that no man may boast. It is through faith. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But here's the thing. While yes, I am saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ. If I have genuine faith in Jesus Christ, it should genuinely from the inside out transform my life. It should show in how I live. I love how Jesus says, they will know that you belong to me by your love. By your fruit, by the fruit that you bear, they're going to know that you belong to me. They're going to know that you're my disciples. The fruit of the Spirit we read in Galatians 5 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And, and what's so beautiful is God is love. So I cl- if I claim to be in God, but I don't love my neighbor, there's a disconnect there. So yes, it is by grace through faith that I am saved. But my life, it ought to reflect what I have claimed to believe in my heart and confess with my mouth to be true. Because we believe in Christ and belong to Christ, we are called to live a life in surrender to Christ. We read here that true faith shows up in the life of a believer. It shows up. I love 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. I want to read this to y'all. If you have your Bibles, you can join with me. But this is so good. Paul, this is another letter from Paul. And he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So what's so cool here is it's like, the love of God doesn't end with me, but it continues with me. Whenever I've come to know God, I am then, like Paul said to Timothy, I am entrusted as a soldier, and my aim is to please the one who enlist, enlisted me, the chief officer, the one in highest command. And I am called to be the light of the world and tell others about who saved my soul, who made me a new creation, who made it a reality that my old has passed away and that I'm no longer defined by What I've done. I am now called to go and tell the world this good news. And he continues to say, therefore, I love this word we are ambassadors of Christ. And God is making his appeal through us. He's telling the world about who he is through our lives. And he says, We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For Isaac, he was he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He says we are ambassadors of Christ and God makes his appeal of reconciliation through us. And an ambassador, to be an ambassador, this is just so cool. I want to read this definition to you. It is to act as an authorized representative of one sovereign ruler or country to another. Friend, if you are in Christ, then you have been called, like in a very beautiful, purposeful, significant way, to represent the Lord to the world. That's so cool. You literally are the light of the world. A city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. So let us walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we have received as God makes his appeal of reconciliation through us. What is that also saying? Let's be doers of the word. Not because I'm trying to prove myself. Not because I'm trying to earn God's love. Not because I'm trying to make sure that I'm saved by all these good works that I can perform. No, no. It's because by grace through faith I have been saved and now I'm filled with so much gratitude and I love God so much. I'm so thankful for who he is and how he saved me. It brings me to tears when I talk about because this is so real and from the inside out I am made new. And the only appropriate response is to submit to him tell the world about him is to draw near to him is to live out his word is to cling to what is good is to crave his word knowing that his word is what brings me life his word is what it equips me for every good work his word is alive and active it's inspired by him and i want to hear from him and i know that because this is breathed by him i can hear from him through his word it, it just makes sense to not only hear the word of God, but do the word of God whenever I truly know God. When I've truly experienced the joy of salvation. Guys, this is so good. It makes me think of Philippians 4. That's a, also another letter by Paul. He, he wrote He wrote a good bit of letters. And in, in Philippians chapter 4, I guess not in the end. It's like verse nine. He says, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. So like I was saying earlier, the word of God, it goes beyond just simple memory. There's an element of putting it into practice. What we have seen, what we have heard, what we have learned, what we have received, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with us. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says. She says that the result of surrender is peace. Sometimes we can have this negative connotation with the words submit or surrender because it's almost like I'm giving up my freedom. It's almost like I I can't live my own life. I can't do my own thing. The, the fun in life is robbed. But I will tell you, I have never experienced more freedom and more fun and more joy and the true joy depth of satisfaction and purpose in my life than when I've surrendered to the Lord and submitted to his word because when I know the truth I am set free because I run freely in the path of his commandments that's what his word does Jesus says I've come so that they may have life and have it to the full we lack no good thing in him he withholds no good thing from those who love him I kind of, everything I just said was scripture and that kind of contradicts the lies we can believe about submitting to God, Rob's fun or submitting to God. It, it prevents me from living the life that I should be living like yeah, it may require us to, or no, not may, it does require us to say no to temporary satisfactions or being the quote-unquote cool or popular person that does what everybody else is doing in the moment, but it produces a lifetime of gratitude and joy because it's what we were made for. It's what we were made for. First John 5, 3, John, he says that, Those who love God obey his word, and his word is not a burden. That kind of sums up this whole thing. If I love God, I really love God, then it makes sense that I would obey his word. And when I obey his word, and I'm tasting and seeing how good he is, I'm experiencing weight. The lies that the enemy wanted me to believe about submitting to his word actually are just that, they're lies. Because this is not burdensome. Jesus' yoke is easy. His burden is light. His word brings me freedom. His word fills me with peace as I put it into practice, as I believe it. To apply God's word is to surrender to God, and to surrender to God is to experience true peace, to be like a man who built his house on the solid rock. And when the rains come and the winds blow and things beat up against the life, or your your house, that is your life, you're not going anywhere because you're standing firm on the one who cannot be shaken, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be a doer. Let's have our boots on the ground Aiming to please the one who's enlisted us as we are soldiers of Christ, not called to be on the sideline, but physically present fighting in a war zone, knowing that we have full victory in the one who's called us. Let's be doers. Guys, I love y'all. I hope that this brought so much encouragement. To you, And I pray that it brings about a change by the power of the spirit in your day to day to not just see scripture as something to check off or something to spout out as an answer on, in Sunday school or something just to quote because you feel like you're supposed to, but it really compels you to want to know God through his word to meditate on it to learn it, to hide it in your heart, and to live it out. And as you do so, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, getting to test and approve what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is, discovering that his, his commands are not burdensome, and that living for him, being all in, being a doer of your word, claiming that you have faith in him, and letting your life tell the story of why, because you just can't help but live compelled by his love, I pray that that is what you're encouraged in today. Y'all are awesome. And if you are tuned in via YouTube, I am so happy that I got to share the podcast studio with you. Be sure and give a thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't. Comment down below what you learned and also what content you'd like to see moving forward. Something you'd like to learn or be talked about. Guests you'd like to have on. And if you are tuned in via Apple or Spotify, be sure and download, rate, review, share it with your people and know that I love you so much. Let's be hearers and doers with our boots on the ground together.